0: You're listening to Seventeen Karat K-Pop, the podcast that's a little bit of everything with a K-pop twist. From pop culture critiques, to the history of K-pop, to interviews with people in the K-pop industry and K-pop artists themselves, to concert and album reviews, to a deep dive into the discographies of different K-pop artists, to K-pop news updates, to stories about the music industry more broadly, this show tries to cover everything about K-pop and K-pop as it applies to the larger music and concert scenes. Visit 17 Com for more information about the show. That's 1-7-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P dot W-E-E-B-L-Y dot C-O-M. Hello everybody and welcome back to 17 Carat K-pop. Today on the show, there are a lot of headlines to cover in the world of K-pop, from a new COVID diagnosis that's finally over with, to an 80s update, to an Eric Nam update, to YG Entertainment's latest revelations about Blackpink's concert, fans that sued their favorite idol, to an update about some tax evasion, to Twitter updates about the world of K-pop and how much Twitter and K-pop actually are like an OTP, to social media, updates from your favorite celebs. Let's get right into it. And keep in mind also that today is the last episode until episode 127, which will be after NCT 127's new album comes out. So it'll be a bit of a more of a delay than usual before the next episode comes out. So enjoy this one while it lasts until next week. Story number one, YG Entertainment just revealed more of the data behind Blackpink's first online concert. The USA topped the list for the countries with the most viewers tuning in on YouTube. The U.S. had 19.2% of viewership. At 10th place was Brazil, 9, Indonesia, 8, Malaysia, 7, Hong Kong, 6, South Korea, 5, Mexico, 4, Japan, 3rd place, the Philippines, 2nd place, Thailand, number one for most viewers, the USA. Thailand and the USA topping this list, that's no surprise because Lisa's from Thailand and there are so many blinks in the USA. I will say though, it's a little surprising that Mexico and the Philippines both ranked higher than South Korean viewership. In the week following the show's announcement, remember you could only view it if you were a paid YouTube subscriber, their YouTube subscriber count grew by 27 million viewers and so now they're currently at approximately 56.8 million subscribers as of recording time. They are now the second most subscribed to artists on YouTube right behind Justin Bieber. Story number two, Kane Sun-hoon from Zexki's won his lawsuit against Worry Entertainment. He had this fan meet in Taiwan a while back long story short, and the event got canceled, and then everyone was pointing fingers at each other about whose fault it was that the event got canceled, and that the funds and the refunds didn't go back to where they should have gone, and fans accused Hoon of actually embezzling from them. So the fans filed a complaint against their idol. They accused him of embezzling funds back in 2018. They suspect, based on how the the pattern of events played out, that Hoon was going to actually always intend to cancel the event last minute and so when they paid for the fan meet experience, he pocketed the money and then canceled it. And They they claimed that that was the plan all along and therefore he embezzled from them. He had visa issues with entering Taiwan. His visa request got rejected after he blamed the local organizers in Taiwan for mishandling a previous event and he claimed he had been blindsided and lied to. Again, it was a lot of finger pointing, a lot of parties involved here, lots of variables with that raise a lot of questions about what really happened, but at the end of the day, Worry Entertainment sued Hoon in civil court over the reputation damage, but they lost, and so they have to pay Hoon 80 million won, which is approximately $72,000, and they have to pay for the refunds given to fans who purchase tickets to this fan meet. Part of the reason that Worry was found to be guilty in this case was because of the way that it was planned and not planned for this Taiwan-specific fan meet, because they either didn't realize or just totally did decided not to register properly as a public culture and arts development business, is the actual quote. You have to Register under that certain title with taiwan's Ministry of Culture, Sports, and Tourism before you hold this kind of event, and they hadn't done that, so they had broken a uh, broken a rule, and therefore rather than punish hoon under a law they the court found it more justifiable to actually make worry the guilty party here so the businessman who hoon is accusing him is found to have mishandled the event, and he is now given the credit for managing the fan me, and so now he has to pay up. He will pay a fine of approximately $2,700. In more courtroom drama, SM Entertainment has faced a big loss in court over a tax evasion investigation. So now they owe 20.2 billion won, which is approximately $18 million, to the National Tax Service which sounds like a lot of money, but it's actually only 3.19% of SM Entertainment's total capital, so they'll be fine. It's chump change for them. There was another finger-pointing instance here, and it was quite a back and forth between whether or not this should have been labeled like a regular tax evaluation or a special case, and that terminology is not just semantics. It really does matter in court what the tax evaluators call this regular versus special investigation, which has to do with the motives and intent really of the investigation and the reasons why it's happening. Is it routine or is it based on some sort of incredibly um, deep suspicion of something? SM Entertainment insisted, call it a routine or normal tax review, and they they had some issues with that, which is why they took this issue to court. SM Entertainment did agree to pay, but they plan to appeal their decision as well. This is actually a news story. Keep in mind, it is a news story. It's not affiliated with the tax evasion investigations that SM Entertainment had dealt with in 2009 or 2014. Those were separate occasions. And actually, back in 2014, they also had to pay up. They paid like $9.1 million then, and this time it's double that. In better management news, Ace is now going to be jointly managed by Swing Entertainment, which is also home to Eyes One and Natty, previously Wanna One as well, so some some notable names in the K-pop world, and now they will also be managing Ace. So how they'll split up management now is that b Interactive, Ace's original company, will shift their focus and be in charge of global marketing and production. And then Swing is going to focus on the more day-to-day management job with Ace. Overall, this business deal indicates that Ace really has bigger and brighter things in their future, and we love to see it. Speaking of things we love to see, Twitter just revealed the top 10 fastest rising K-pop artists in the world based on the amount of times they're being tweeted about. At 10th place is Itzy. 9th place, Eyes1. 8th place Super M, 7th place The Boys, 6th place WayV, V, 5th place N 4th place Stray Kids, 3rd place ATs, 2nd place TXT, and number 1, Treasure. Also, Twitter revealed that in 2020, the amount of tweets about K-pop reached 6.7 billion. Speaking of social media, Reddit has revealed the most talked about K-pop albums, NCT 127, NeoZone, 4, Blackpink, The Album, 3, Stray Kids, Go Live, 2, Twice, Eyes Wide Open, and 1, Dreamcatcher, with Dystopia Tree of Language. Here is what Redditors voted for for Best K-pop Album Cover Art. 10th place and 9th place both went to different covers for the series of BOA songs that were covered for her 20th career anniversary in the series called Our Beloved BOA So for Galant's cover of one of her songs, that got 10th place and then 9th place was Baekhyun's cover of Garden in the Air 8th place for best cover, Payman's Never Gonna Dance Again Act 2 7th place, Yua with Bon Voyage 6th place, Lee Soo Hyun with Alien Fifth place, Red Velvet's cover for the Our Beloved Boa series. Fourth place, Sun Me with Pora Pipom. That was interesting to me how high up on the list that one is. That cover image is just of her. It's not like it's got a lot of clever hidden details in the cover art or anything like that. It's just a picture of her. Third place is a cool, more cartoonish design for the Butterfly Effect Ace's mini album. Second place is equally artsy, Suho with self-portrait. And first place. Dreamcatcher's dystopia tree of language. Apparently, Dreamcatcher is all the buzz on Reddit. In even more social media news, the trend that I predicted a while back is happening still this year, where a lot of K-pop stars are developing more autonomy online and getting some more freedom with social media use. JB from GOT7 just started his own YouTube channel. Jenny from BLACKPINK recently started her own channel and has been posting vlog updates and the latest star to really develop their own solo social media presence is former Gugudan Dan member Seijun. She has her own Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, etc. So big things for her hopefully in the future. Story number eight, instead of making like a 20th podcast or whatever number he's on, a whole new version of audio content with this new app of his called Mindset. Hosted by Dive Studios, they plan to have more Dive Studios affiliated K-pop stars and podcast hosts release content for this Mindset app in the future as well. It sounds a bit like Clubhouse in how it's structured, where it's audio-focused content and storytelling, advice-giving, it gives this interesting sense of intimacy with audio content that I think people are really craving right now. It's currently free to download, and Eric describes it as his way of telling more of his story than ever before. Eric Nam has some really interesting life stories to share. He's always been pretty open about his story, but I feel like now he can further dive into all of the different layers and nuances that come with his upbringing and how he went from just being someone from Georgia to feeling the need to, in order to make it in the music industry as an Asian, actually go to Asia and then become affiliated with the K-pop scene there. Then he kind of had to reverse engineer his way back to promoting in the USA and readjusting to the USA... He's opening up about them more than he ever has before in a new light through this brand new app. Dive Studios said in a statement about this launch, Our mission has been to contribute to and build a world of audio that leaves a lasting, positive impact on culture and society. Mindset will play a major role in creating deeper connections between artists and their fans. So if Eric Nam and all the other Dive Studios affiliated stars are really into this audio-based content, which I know they are, allow this to be... The billionth time I invite them all to be on Seventeen Cure K-Pop. I would love to have any of them as a guest sometime. We can promote the Mindset app. We can promote their other podcasts, music, or just irrelevant things. Whatever they want to talk about or promote. Speaking of artists I would love to have on the show someday, there is an update from 80s. Minji will stay on hiatus for this comeback. He's not feeling psychologically ready to go there yet. But he did participate in actual recording for the songs on their new album. So it will be a comeback without Minji's presence, but also with his presence because he is, his voice is on the album, so he will be still a part of this release. He's been on a break since November of 2020, and I really do hope that, and this seems like his company really is prioritizing his mental health, a trend that I've been loving seeing become more common with K-pop artists and how their companies treat them. Last but not least. Story number 10. Chun Ha just became the 250th member of the Green Noble Club, joining J Hope and Chainman from TVXQ and a lot of other famous stars. And to join, you have to do- have donated over time at least 100 million won to Child Fund Korea. And Chun Ha just surpassed that minimum donation requirement. Over time, she has donated 1.2 million won. Here are your miscellaneous rapid fire headlines about what else has been going on in the world of k-pop this past week john park previously tested positive for covid but he has finally started testing negative and so now he can leave quarantine and resume quote-unquote normal life whatever that looks like these days kim myunsoo has a virtual fan meeting february 20th 4 p.m korean standard time and eyes one is holding an online concert next month with tickets going on sale february 15th NiziU are the newest faces of h m and Espa are the newest faces and the the very first K-pop group to be the faces of Jivanshi. BTS's Dynamite is the first single from a Korean band to ever go gold in the UK. RM Solo Sun Persona just reached 92 million streams on Spotify. Taeyong's Lawn Flight single just surpassed 15 million streams. Mamamoo's Egotistic just became their second music video to reach 100 million views. Twice's Likey just became their second video to reach 500 million views. BTS's Mic Drop Remix video just surpassed 850 million views. Blackpink's Boombayah just became the very first K-pop debut video to ever reach 1.1 billion views. And thanks to Do Doo Doo Doo" reaching 1.4 billion views, Blackpink's Kill This Love is now their second video to surpass 1.2 billion views. Blackpink are now the first ever K-pop group to have two videos with over 1.2 billion views. M Countdown is ready to switch up its hosts, and the new MCs are Miyeon from G-idol and Nam Yunsoo. The week of February 22nd is going to be huge because Wavy releases the reality show Wave Vision February 22nd, which is the same day Shiny is back with their comeback, and then two days later on the 24th, Shiny is back again with their own reality show, Shiny Inc. That airs 11.50 Korean Standard Time February 24th. Also big TV news for that week, February 23rd, BTS will be on MTV for a live performance of Dynamite which, okay, we've already had 100,000 versions of that song live, but I'm honestly still excited for their new version because somehow they're still reinventing the song and giving us a brand new feel for it with the atmosphere, with the vocals, just their delivery keeps changing for that song, which is just so impressive. So let's enjoy their artistry once again as part of MTV's Unplugged series. And last but not least, some YG Entertainment updates and a clarification about my prediction. I figured that Rosé and Lisa from BLACKPINK would both get their solo debut in March and it sounds like now only Rosé will get that chance. So now I want to amend my YG Entertainment artist predictions forevermore. My new rule of thumb is whenever you think a YG Entertainment artist is about to release something, at least double the, that amount of time. So I thought maybe in a month that stuff would come out, now I'm thinking two months at least. So just always double it at least because I keep forgetting how long and drawn out the rollout period is and why would they change it? I mean, Treasure had such a buildup and then they debuted and now they're the most buzzed about new K-pop group. And obviously having such long breaks between Blackpink comebacks is not halting the suspension around them, the anticipation around their releases. Obviously they're still all, people are so excited no matter how long it takes and so why would they switch up the strategies working for them? So so always extend your predictions for YG artists for their timeline. Relevant news, Bobby has mutually agreed with the company of his own volition to early end his promotions for his second album. He was almost done with promotions for it, but he wants to end a few weeks early because he wants to spend time focusing on preparing for Icon's group-wide comeback in March as well as their appearance on the show Kingdom. So that is the plus side of YG Entertainment strategy. We get drawn-out release schedules compared to other companies and how fast their artists turn out new music, but that also gives their artists more freedom, so you win some, you lose some. That is all for today's news roundup. I will see you again Sunday for a special episode of How to Stand, and then after that next week, I will see you for episode 127 for NCT Talk. Thank you all for listening. Talk to you all soon.